Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. I'm broadcasting live today from the brand new Utah Jazz Team Store location here at the Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street, uh, right here on 33rd South and just west of I-215. Drop on by and see us. We have uh, a Jazz hand sanitizer pens to give away. But, of course, the big attraction is the brand-new Jazz Team Store location. Uh, great folks hooking you up with Jazz gear. They've got a great sale going on for Labor Day weekend. Buy one, get 25% off. So come on by. Uh, take advantage of it, the uh, uh, Utah Jazz Team Store. We're going to talk to Frank Dolce coming up here momentarily, Gordon. Gordon, I have you. Do I Do I have you? Do you? Do I have okay, you? Okay, I, I can hear you. We were talking uh, Black Widow spiders in the last segment, and you just disappeared on me. Mm. Well, I don't know what happened. I was just... All right, we're going to talk to Frank Dolce uh, coming up here momentarily. We've talked about the news coming out of the Pac-12. They announced a, a partnership with a medical company on uh, daily rapid uh, uh, result testing. And uh, we we have now uh, a statement from Mark Harlan, and we'll get to Frank Dolce coming up here momentarily. But uh, Mark Harlan talking about today's announcement, quote, this is an exciting new development that was announced today by the Pac-12. There is still much work to be done and many details to be determined, but it is a very encouraging step forward on the path toward a safe return to sports competition. Our top priority all along has been the health and safety of our students, coaches, and staff, and we will continue to keep that priority at the forefront of everything we do. Our approach will continue to be uh, subject to the approval of public health authorities and will remain in close communication with campus and Pac-12 conference leadership as we go forward. So there's the thoughts from the Utah Athletic Director, and we'll see where the Pac-12 goes from here. But you don't believe him. Um, I think there are some other things at play, sure. But I, I think if uh, if this is what they got to do to play, then terrific. All righty. I, uh, I, I want to believe them. I want to believe them that they care most about the student athletes and the well-being. Uh, but uh, you have pointed out repeatedly that there are other things uh, involved that may weigh more heavily. Uh, but you're right. Ultimately, if they can get it started again and do it safely, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you with the NBA thing, I, I find the doubles ping pong thing uh, ludicrous and unnecessary. But whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do to pull it off. Uh, that's fine by me because I want to watch college football, and I think it's important I, to uh, to athletes and universities and fans alike uh, that uh, football be played. So whatever you got to do. Uh, let's think, jump, Jake. I don't think you can find any room. I don't think you can find any room to criticize what the NBA has done. No, because they're pulling it off. They're doing it. Terrific. Um, it makes me yeah. very happy. I've had great playoffs so far, and I just wanted to continue. All right, let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, he's a former Ute quarterback and a college football insider for us right here on The Zone. He's also our good friend, Frank Dolce. What's happening, Frank? Hey guys! Oh man, there's there's a lot happening, and uh, I'm glad to be I'm glad to be on with you. It's been too long. That's right. For, well, first and foremost, let's start here. How are you? How's the family? Everything going all right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's everyone's doing pretty well. I mean, it's been a just like everyone. It's been a crazy crazy several months, um, and we're 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 just trying to survive the crazy. Uh, you know, thankfully, uh, all my kids have been able to participate in some organized sports this summer, which has been really nice. And uh, and and also, fortunately, we've we've kind of managed that so far without incident. Um, so that's you know, double thumbs up. And 
I, you know, I kind of feel like those those little wins are helpful for everyone. Is is you know, if you can look at some of the stuff that's happening around here with youth sports, and um, maybe that's that's positive news and kind of uplifts everybody. It's because it's tough right now. It's just tough. So, Frank, let me ask you: uh, If you were a betting man, based on all the information that's come across your desk, every bit of information that's come to your attention, would you bet that both BYU and Utah are going to be playing football this sometime this fall? Oh, uh, well, uh, I would bet ever so slightly on the yes side. I mean, it's a, um, I think there's so many, there's so many things at play here. And, and unfortunately I think um, the politics involved in a lot of it is, is maybe dictating some things that, um, that aren't going to be helpful. Um, But with, with that said, it goes it goes back to some of the other things I was talking about just a minute ago. Is like, you know, we've had some pretty good success with youth youth sports and even high school football here in the state, um, and the way that that uh, teams have been managing it. And I'm not saying it has been without incident in high school football. I'm talking in particular, but incidents have been managed well, and and then teams are able to you know take off whatever time is needed and then get back to get back to play. I think that's important. Um, I think that's important for, for sports. I think that's important for the community. So I, the way that I feel about it is I think we're discovering, even though there's not any sort of, I don't think there's real consensus in the medical community. I think that we're finding that, um, you know, maybe we aren't, necessarily putting our kids at risk at a significant risk in terms of um, dealing with a a really difficult illness and mortality there's there's you know we we deal with risk every day and you put a kid on a football field that's significant risk in in and of itself but I I I want to think that the numbers that we're seeing and the kids that are participating in sports and the lack of overwhelming incident should give us some, uh, you know, positive outlook on the ability to go out and play college football and the way, you know, golf is, golf is pretty easy, I guess, but anyway, golf has been managed and, and some of the professional sports that are happening right now, the way that they've been managed, I mean, I think that it's, to me, the, the news is more positive than negative, even though maybe that's not the way it's always portrayed. Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Frank, I want to talk about some actual football to be played on the field. Will you reset your take on Zach Wilson for us, what you've seen out of him so far, and what do you think his potential could be if he took the next step? Well, I, I, I was a guy that, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's it's the it's the Utah versus BYU thing, and I, I try to I try to be objective about that. And if you're a fan of either school, it's hard, you know, it's hard to be objective. But I I think um, Zach Wilson is a supreme talent, and um, and 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 he's you know he's shown that he he has this, um, this kind of leadership ability. People rally around him. I think that's one of the things you know you notice about leaders. Um, is does a leader bring everybody up? Does, do they bring the level of play up with everybody around them? Um, and I think that you could say that about about Zach. And you know, it's it's funny. I I I know his dad. His dad and I crossed paths at the University of Utah. He's a good guy. I've called several high school games for corner Canyon. And, you know, obviously the, 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 the brothers are all there or have been going through and have gone through there and are still playing at corner Canyon. And, um, and, and the, the reason that I mentioned that is because there's, 
he's had this he's had this training in athletics because of his his family situation um, that that you don't necessarily get, and I think he's that that really shows through in the way that he performs and the way that he he leads a team. It's like he he you know you talk about guys who have a feel for the game, um, and I think that's that he has a feel for the game because that's been developed in him over a long period of time because of the way he grew up. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I think he has tremendous, tremendous potential. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a, make a run at the next level. Now, Frank, I know that you weren't exactly a keen defensive mind as a player, uh, being a quarterback and whatnot, but how difficult is it for a team like BYU to go up against Navy right off the bat like this? Horrible. It's awful. It's terrible. It's it's um, the most difficult offense I think to face, if you especially if you don't see it um, regularly. And it's all about you know playing your assignment and being assignment sound and reading and reacting and and the problem is any small mistake on the defensive side turns into a huge gain on the offensive side for an option attack and i watched utah play air force year after year after year and um i think athletically utah brought a better a a better team each and every year but for and, and, and you remember that you may or may not remember the game, the Ben Mola game. Um, I mean, that thing goes right down to the wire when I, in, in an Urban Meyer era when Urban Meyer's teams are beating everybody off the, you know, right off the field. And so when you talk about the option attack and the difficulty in defending the option attack, make no mistake, that is a significant challenge. And, and then you take that attack and you combine it with, you know, a service academy which builds, you know, maybe the most disciplined young men in the nation. Well, that's like a that's like a two-headed monster. That's I I, I mean, I, that's an enormous challenge for BYU. Frank Dolce with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Frank, what are your thoughts on uh, you got to cover him for a long time, Coach A-Rod, while, uh, while he was at Utah and the offenses he put together. He's now at, at BYU and uh, working with Coach Grimes to put together the offense there. What is your What have been your thoughts on him as you've observed him in his coaching career? I, I really like uh, I really like Aaron. I, he's, a, he's a terrific guy. He's a terrific coach. He's a great leader. Uh, I think his, his players respond well to him. He's dedicated. Uh, he's he's smart. Um, he cares. I mean, he he just, he just checks off all the boxes. Uh, I think maybe he got a little bit of a bad rap at the University of Utah because people thought his the way that he ran an offense um, maybe wasn't explosive or exciting or whatever. And I'm I and and this is nothing against Coach Whittingham because I think Coach Whittingham is you know top ten in the nation of, of college coaches, but. But Coach Whittingham is is demanding, and he likes to run things the way that he likes to run things. And 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 I think that uh, that maybe their styles, Coach Whittingham and Coach Roderick's styles, clashed a little bit. Um, I think you know you could probably say that Coach Roderick wanted to run more of a, an open, wide open offense, and and Coach Whittingham felt more comfortable uh, being more conservative. I think that's probably fair to say. And and so it feels like maybe. Uh, Coach Roderick's been able to open that up a little bit um, and and utilize more of the stuff that he's wanted to do and and I think there's you know there's been you know we've seen really good good results so um, I, I'm a big fan I'm a big fan of Coach Roderick I always wish him the the best and and uh, and he's going to be super successful. You know Frank that that brings up an interesting dynamic on the sideline or between those two individuals the head coach and the coordinator or the passing guy whoever whatever title you want to give him because 
he's an offensive expert, right? That that's why you have a guy like that. And even even <laughs> yeah. though the, 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 I, mean, I understand that the head coach is the boss, but the head coach yeah. isn't the expert on the offense. No, the offense guy is the expert. So if you don't let him do his job because you're reining him in, what does that create? Well, I think it probably creates some of the things that we saw in an, you know, in in an offense in at the University of Utah for several years that, you know, scoring 20, 24 point, I mean, 20, 24 points a game sort of, sort of offensive production. And, it, and if those teams, those very same teams have averaged 30 points a game over that same period of time, I mean, they probably pick up a dozen or more wins. Um, because you you always had you always had this situation where you had to be you had to be really good on the defensive side. And Utah has been, and keep a team from from scoring twenty points or twenty one points. I mean that's just that was just kind of that was just kind of how it was built. And I always used to say that um, Coach Whittingham's favorite score would be you know seven to six. He wants to win a game nine to eight. That's <laughs> that's a win for. For Coach Whittingham, he doesn't care how many points he scores. He just wants to hold everybody down and score one more point. That's it. Um, but we've also seen an evolution, uh, I think, of, uh, uh, with Coach Witt. Um, and, and he found a guy in, in Andy Ludwig who he's had a longstanding relationship with Huey Trust. And, and he, has, he has turned over the reins more and more. And, and I think um, – you know, we've seen the results be, be very good. So it does, it does create a difficult, can create a difficult dynamic. And, and then maybe you think about, well, does that create trust issues between the, you know, and then, and then that's, you know, maybe why guys move along. But, but so I, I think, you know, Aaron, Aaron's going to do, he, he's done. He's going to do really well where he is. I wouldn't be surprised to see him move, move along at some point. Um, and I think we've also seen Coach Whittingham evolve. So maybe maybe both sides get get a benefit out of that. All right, Frank. I I love the game. Would you rather? So I have a quarterback. Would you rather for you that uh, fits into okay. a conversation uh, Gordon and I were talking about earlier. If you were a quarterback. Would you rather, because BYU lost Matt Bushman, their number one target, and we were talking about how they lack uh, maybe some playmakers as targets for Zach Wilson. But the offensive line is awesome, right? They, they should be really, really good. So as a quarterback, would you rather have no outstanding targets but a baller <laughs> offensive line, or would you rather have a Swiss cheese offensive line with a bunch of ballers on the outside? Uh, you the game is won and lost in the trenches. No matter how you want to slice and dice football, that's where, that's where it happens. So, you know, the, the obvious answer to that question is you want, you want an offensive line that dominates the football game, that dominates in the trenches, because that opens up everything else. Now all of a sudden, guys who you don't think are so special on the outside, well, they become special because defensive backs can't hold on to guys forever. I mean, that's just the nature of the of the business. And then running backs who who you don't you're uns, uncertain about, well, they become pretty special because you're just taking care of everything up front. So, I, I mean, it's nice to have. It's a luxury to have a guy, you know, like a, you know, the Jerry Rice's of the world, on the uh, uh, running around on the outside and uh, and and making big plays like that. But nothing occurs at all. Jerry Rice never catches a pass if his quarterback is running for his life on every play. Okay, so we got the offensive line question answered, and I agree with you. By the way, I think that's uh, that's bang on. But now let me let me ask you this: Which would you rather have, a a uh, really fast receiver who could catch the deep ball and get open deep, or a go-to tight end that you know will catch the ball if you need him to, or 
a star running back? Star running back. There's no question about it. Why is that? I want to start running. The quarterback's best friend is a, is a star running back. I st- now, I still believe that for the college game. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you could look at Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and Gronkowski, and they never really did it without a – you know, they never really had a star running back. But for me, a guy that can take a pressure off a quarterback in, in the college game is – is, is so meaningful because that that becomes the focal point of the defense. And just like an offensive line can make receivers stars and stars out of average receivers, uh, a great running back can do the same thing for a quarterback. He can t- alleviate the pressure um, and allow the passing game to flourish. So I, I think that still to this day, that's my, that's my preferred model is star star running back um great offensive line and then everything else i I think can work off of that frank uh whenever utah gets back to playing and preparing for a season uh, what do you think about that quarterback battle whose job is it to lose well that's a good that's a good question it's a it's kind of a I know it's a three-man race, but it's kind of a it's kind of a two-man race. And I've watched those guys. I mean, I got to watch them a little bit in the in the spring before everything went went haywire. Um, and I'll I'll say this before I make any any predictions. Uh, I think in terms of quarterback position group, Utah is in a terrific position. I think they can win with. With all three of those guys, I think they can win a lot with two of those guys. Um, and I would put Cam Rising at the top. I don't think that he is as accomplished as a thrower, but he throws well enough. But I think he, he kind of fits the dynamic of that offense. So, I think it's, I think Utah's in a really good good situation with their quarterback group. So we asked you earlier about uh, football, college football being played U- Utah and BYU, and obviously Utah is waiting to hear whether the Pac-12 will find a different way to put teams on the field. But uh, Frank, do you think that there will be cases, and a lot of cases? where football teams are scheduled to play and that schedule gets interrupted with outbreaks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that will happen. Um, and, and part of that is I, I still think that we're kind of in the infancy, like we still don't know enough. Um, I, I, I wish there was, there was more what I, what I call consensus in the medical community. I just don't think we know enough, but, but, you know, and I'm not necessarily comparing these things, although it sounds like I'm comparing these things. Uh, you know, you, it, happens, it happens every year. You haven't, within football, within basketball, within any team sport, you have an outbreak of the flu. You have an outbreak of some sickness that kind of rolls throughout the, the football team. But we know how to manage those things, or we, at least we've, we feel like we know how to manage those things better. I think part of the issue is that we don't we don't feel like we know how to manage the corona very well, or or um, or we just don't trust that we we know how to manage that. And so, you know, we're just going to have to at this point, it's just going to err on the side of caution. And there will be outbreaks, and that will shut things down. And but I think you know, particularly for this age group, um, what we've seen is a very high recovery recovery rate, um, a very high uh, asymptomatic. Uh, e- even if you have it, but you know it, the kids seem to, to uh, significantly be asymptomatic. And I know there are certainly cases that are more traumatic than that. I'm not I'm not discounting that at all. And in terms of a mortality rate, it's significantly low. For this group, I think those are all. I think those are all pretty positive things. 
Frank, it is great to hear your voice. Thank you, as always, for jumping on with us. Glad to hear things are going well. Man, you guys are the best. I, I, I hope we can do this more often and really look forward to it. And, and by the way, Jake, uh, you know, guess where I'm headed in an hour? Oh, I hope you – please tell me you're going to a youth soccer game. Nothing would please I'm, me more. Yeah, well, I'm headed to a youth soccer tournament, so even yes. better. Yes, that's, that's no, that is, that is awesome. I'm so glad that you are doing that. I I think it's terrific. Enjoy every second, my friend. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey, Frank, it is yes, going to be sir. too long before that's going to be Jake heading off to those tournaments. Oh, I know. I know where this is headed. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know what? Jake is going to be super dad um, <laughs> and number one soccer fan. No doubt about it. If that's the direction she goes, that's uh, I'm with you. That's what I'll do. But here's to hoping she's a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Appreciate thanks, it. Buddy. You guys are the best. Thank, thanks for letting me join you. Thanks, Frank. Our good friend Frank Dolce, of course, former Ute, uh, but college football insider um, with us right here on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I, I, lo- I loved his answer to the, the would you rather have the good uh, offensive line and no weapons or great weapons and no <laughs> offensive line. I bet you most quarterbacks agree with him. Probably so, but I'm telling you right now, if you don't have anybody to throw to, I don't care how much time you have back there, you know. I've seen. Teams, See, I, I don't necessarily I, I've, agree. I've I've seen receivers get absolutely blanketed, and the quarterback was dead meat because no offensive line, no matter how good it is, if there's nobody open, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, but no corner. I don't care how he good how good he is can defend a wide receiver for ten seconds. He doesn't know where that guy's going. Ten seconds. Uh, well, that's uh, that's, oh, I don't that's know. whatever. That's, the, that's the Great Wall of China there. up there in front of you. No, it is. That's that's forever. But I mean, even six seconds. Talk to corners. I mean, they have a they have a tough gig. It's one of the hardest positions out there because you have to guess where the other guy is going to get there first. I thought his uh, his answer to the subsequent question was interesting too. A running back. You take a running back over a great receiver. You're just mad that Frank doesn't agree with you and agrees with me. What? But, Jake, I always say that the offensive line is the most important position group in all of football. Which is why I'm so shocked that you're you're going away from that stance. As usual, you're being overly dramatic to what I said. Me? No, I yeah. never do that. What are you talking Mm-mm. about, dude? No, not at all. In all these years we've been doing the show together, I don't think that's ever happened once. <laughs> never. Never. Not a single time, no. I am 100% accurate and on the money in my resets of your takes. I didn't even uh, I didn't even necessarily disagree with you. I just see some complication in if you don't have if you don't have receivers who can make themselves available, you got a big time problem. And you know, I mean, I I do think that the offensive line is most important, but that would be tough, a tough situation for a I'd rather have an offensive line that is kind of okay as long as I got some targets too. Oh, man, give me the dominant O-line. Uh, I'm consistent on that opinion, unlike my co-host. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> joking. You wanna, you... <laughs> I'm just joking around. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm live at the Utah Jazz Team Store. It's their new location. 3215 South Valley Street, basically the corner of 33rd South and I-215. It's right uh, at the Martha, mouth of Parley's Canyon uh, in the Canyon Rim area. So come on by and see us. They've got a great sale going on this weekend. Buy one, get one 25% off the entire store. So come by and take advantage of that. They've got a free reusable gift bag with every purchase as well. And uh, just see the new location. It looks great. And uh, it's a great time to get uh, your jazz apparel. Get jazz geared up here at the Utah Jazz Team Store in the Smith's Marketplace. We'll have uh, more big show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Live from the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store here at the Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street 
uh, here in the Canyon Rim area. Drop by and see us. Uh, it's uh, We're outside, out front here, but uh, the team store is just inside, so make sure you stop by our table. We've got uh, some Utah Jazz hand sanitizer for you. And then uh, duck in and see the new store. They've got a great uh, sale going on through Labor Day, uh, the Labor Day weekend. Buy one, get one 25% off the entire store. Plus, you get a free reusable uh, bag gift with purchase. And make sure to follow the Team Store on Twitter and Instagram at Team uh, Jazz Team Store for giveaways, special releases, and uh, updates or online uh, jazzteamstore.com. Uh, uh, so, yeah, great time to come by and get set up uh, with, uh, with all your new jazz gear. And now is a great time uh, to do it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Jake, all right, Gordon. Of, just Jake, to, of, sorry, of go ahead. The, of all the stuff that's there, I was trying to get your attention on it. Apparently, it wasn't coming through to you. But uh, of all the things you see there, what uh, what what looks best? You know what? I I just uh, was inside. I took another gl- uh, glimpse. They've got some really great. Um, Utah Jazz rubber basketballs. You know those Spalding rubber basketballs for, yep. for outside hoops, driveway basketball? Uh-huh. They've got some really sweet ones, some, like, throwback logo jazz ones and uh, the new logo, like, really cool. Definitely any um, any uh, dri- uh, driveway basketball warrior young man out there, or woman for that <laughs> matter, uh, would, would love one of those. So, I, so that caught my eye. If you got one of those, would you actually use it or would you put it on a bookshelf? Man, I I would like to think I used it. Although Gordon, it's been so long since I played any basketball. Maybe I get a, <laughs> get a hoop in my in my driveway. Maybe I'd play a little bit more. But uh, been uh, been a minute, so you, I would hope. Been... Uh, there's my answer. I'd hope I'd play more if I had a a pretty sick basketball like that. You know, we were joking around with Frank about uh, going to soccer tournaments with a kid and everything. And I said you were going to be uh, next in line to do that with Sadie. And you said golf, 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 golf. If your kid showed an interest in sports and you could pick whatever sport came to your uh, discretion, uh, which one would you pick? So I think golf is the answer, but uh, golf is also quite expensive. <laughs> so as as um, uh, somebody, Gordon, with your experience with youth sports, I think all five of your daughters played youth sports, right? Yes, um, they did. I hear, I hear that it. Yeah, I hear it's not cheap. So maybe golf is is the wrong answer. I don't know. None of it's cheap, I don't think. Some are more expensive than others. But just out of a pure, take money out of it, Jake, from a pure enjoyment, which would you love to see her excel at? Well, the thing with golf is you can play it your whole life, right? So it it might be golf, although I I came from a tennis family, so maybe Mm -hmm. tennis. A lot of great exercise. You can play tennis your whole life, too. Um, but whatever, I, I don't think she's going to be very tall, so I'm not sure basketball is her game. But she likes to run. Maybe she'll be maybe track and field. Um, in all honesty, Gordon, uh, whatever, uh, you tell me. Can you really direct your kids into the sport of your choosing, or they? I, I would imagine they do the they do that work themselves, kind of latching onto what they enjoy the most, right? Yeah, I think I think parents have a say in in what to try because they provide opportunities. But once your kid is involved and it, it transcends from, okay, this is this is really fun, this is for fun, to really getting down and dirty with it and, and trying to pursue something, you've got to leave it up to the kid because you can push all you want and it won't work. They have to be the one that are that are ones that are, that are motivated to be involved in it. And so whatever that sport is, then that's, as a parent, that would be the one that I would uh, encourage. And sometimes it's the influence of friends, you know. My two oldest daughters played tennis. My third daughter played soccer. Why? Because her friends did. And she enjoyed it. And she, uh, yeah, so she went that way. And then the fourth one played tennis. And then the fifth one played volleyball. So whatever, you know. But I, we have so many parents who are listeners to our show who have young children i i i just can't stress that enough you know give them a say in what it is they want to pursue according to what you can whatever opportunity you can give and some people can give more than others whatever and then let them go for it and and hope like heck that they'll do it uh not you I noticed none of your your gals followed uh, your lead into the world of hammer throw, which I know you were big into uh, in your youth. 
I was, you know, that and discus uh, because I had a good arm, you know that. Uh, so discus was one of my better events. And they weren't interested, huh? No, not really. And I couldn't get them into the shot put either. Although no. a, a number of my daughters are probably stronger than I am, but uh, they uh, because they're CrossFit athletes and they'll work out quite a bit. But uh, And that's one thing about these when your when your kids start to grow up uh they the the emphasis on training the body is is really that's something i wasn't expecting i wasn't prepared for that especially once they get at the high school and college level then then man it's amazing how they can transform themselves into very very strong human beings all right here here i i don't know i i hope uh I hear, though, as much as I am not a soccer fan, it's not like I dislike the sport of soccer or or anything like that. It just wasn't my my bag growing up. I I played briefly and then had a bad experience, and it just it it was never my game. But I hear, oh, I it was. Let's see, I played. I I made this lower level comp team when I was in like third grade, (laughs) but I also played baseball at the same time because you know I was in third grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the season, because I had missed some practices, I can't remember if I missed any games or not. But at the end of the season, my my soccer coach said, "You need to pick between soccer and baseball." And so I said, "Okay, coach, sounds great. I'm going to play baseball. I'll see you later." Huh. Uh, so that ended my my soccer experience. So I I just never really into. It. My brother was a soccer player growing up, but I guess my point is is that I hear soccer is a good sport to start with because it teaches you good footwork and team fundamentals, which are valuable and you know. Pretty much any team sport. Mm-hmm. Well, I I've read studies that says the number one reason that young kids quit playing sports is because they're not fun anymore. And I understand it comes to a point where it isn't always fun. I mean, sometimes it is work. You got to push through. You got to grind. You got to compete. All of that sort of thing. But at some level, it has to be fun in order for the kids to do it. And I don't think it's fun when they come home every day and they have mom and dad breathing down their necks saying, come on, get out there. Let's see what you can do. You know, I'm, I'm putting all this money into it, so you have to equal that uh, effort with what they, they have to want to do it themselves. And every once in a while, a nudge, nothing wrong with that, but you got to leave it up to them, Jake, and uh, they'll, they'll find their way. I remember, having this can... con- I remember having this conversation with Jeff Warnesek, and he said when he was young, his dad, who was a coach, never pushed him. And maybe that's easier when you have a premier talent for a kid, but uh, I think that's good advice. Push a little, maybe nudge a little, but nothing severe. Otherwise, forget it. Or you could go the uh, Richard Williams direction, uh, <laughs> Venus and Serena's father, and just grind them out and make them into the best that's ever lived. Well, that's what I heard someone say uh, the, during the broadcast the other day about Jamal Murray, that his dad really pushed him hard and uh, made it very difficult. Kalani Sataki has talked about his dad. Uh, was uh, When he got to BYU, he said the practices were easier than they were uh, under the supervision of his dad. So, I mean, if your kid is so uh, constructed that they can handle that kind of thing and that they are eager to have that kind of coaching uh, from a parent, then okay, good on you. I, I just got to a point with my kids where I, I would nudge them. And sometimes, a couple times I said things I probably shouldn't have said, but I learned. I learned to back off and let them do it. It's their pursuit, not mine. Yeah, well, if Richard Williams would have done that, then Serena doesn't even like tennis. <laughs> what would have okay. what would have happened? We would have been right. denied one but, of the world's greatest athletes. Okay, but let me let me just reiterate this point. I don't care who's out there listening right now. Your kid is not Serena Williams. All right. I don't well, want to be a if, downer. I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to be that guy. But I'm telling you right now, your kid is not Serena Williams. So don't act like you expect your kid to be serena yeah well if if richard would have let serena pick her own sport she would have uh, washed out in uh, you know track and field or something well what if what if what if mozart's parents wanted their kid to do something else let them you do don't know what he... mozart's parents were like maybe they were uh, taskmasters with him oh i lived down the street from him i knew him well 
Omaha. Nailed it. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at Smith's Marketplace. We're here at the Utah Jazz Team Store, their brand new location. No longer do you have to drive all the way downtown to get to the Team Store. They're, of course, more than welcome to do so. They have a new location here at Smith's, 3215 South Valley Street, really on the corner. I, I say corner. It's really uh, 3300 South and just west of I-215 in the Canyon Rim area. Drop on by and see us. We still have some Utah Jazz hand sanitizers to give away. You should see these things, Gordon. They're pretty slick. They kind of spray that sanitizer. They're in a you know, almost like a, a bigger pen packaging. You can clip it right on the uh, on your shirt. It's quite convenient. Jazz yeah, that, logo right on there. Yeah, that sounds really uh, nice. Everyone likes carrying that stuff around. You know the first person that I ever saw carry that around with them? No. We, we had him on the show recently. Let's see. Hmm. Let me think. George Niang. Nope. Ron Boone. Oh, the Booner. Mm-hmm. All right. Ron was ahead of his time, I guess. He was ahead of his time, but it certainly is useful these days. Oh, yeah. It's a way of life for most folk. Uh, mm-hmm. I got one uh, right here on my shirt, Gordon. I have one in my car, several at the house. It's It's the way... Way of the world these days. By the way, you could have hoofed it to to work today. You could have just walked right over there from your place. I I could have in theory, I guess, Gordon. It, it would be, have been a bit of a long walk, and I'll, I'll tell you what, after sitting in the sun for a four-hour show, the, the way home would have been rough. <laughs> Do you have the tent up over there? We have the tent up, and uh, and for the most part during the show, it's been pretty good, although the sun is down far enough now that uh, – the tent isn't doing much good. I got to tell you, this weather we're having right now, I know we usually do the weather report earlier in the show, but this is beautiful, beautiful weather we're having. I went out for about a two-mile uh, two walk this morning, and wow, we're, ha- we're lucky to live here in Utah. Gordon, we do have an NBA game going on right now. Uh, the Celtics up on the Raptors with about a minute and a half to go in the first half, 52-44. to 44. The Celtics already lead the series Two games to none. You a big believer in Boston? Locke was on with us yesterday. He said before the playoffs started, he picked the Clippers and the Celtics in the finals, and he's feeling pretty good. Um, I don't. I don't know. Toronto at some point was was not going to be the Toronto of last year, and maybe we're seeing that a little bit. But I, I got to admit, I'm surprised Boston just mopped the floor with Philly, and now they seems like they're doing the same thing with Toronto. Well, Toronto during the regular season, I thought they looked really, really good. I'm surprised at the way they're playing. I, I, I did not see that. And yet there it is. And if the Heat continue to play the way they have and they eliminate the Bucks, I mean, that, that opens the door nicely for the Celtics, I think. I mean, I don't know whether the Celtics would handle the Heat if the Heat continue on. I don't know whether they will. But uh, the opportunity is there. And meanwhile, out west, you got uh, a slugfest going on. Do you think the Jazz want to see the Celtics play well with Gordon Hayward out of the lineup? <laughs> so there you got a double thing going on. Because ordinarily you might not want him to, but now that he's not in the lineup, then maybe you do want him to, want them to do well. Because I, I don't know whether that animosity exists or not. I know it probably lingers yet with Jazz fans, but uh, I, I don't know how the, the players feel about it. Oh, the, the Jazz players? Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't care. There's nobody left on the team. I think Joe Ingles is the only one left that actually played with Gordon Hayward, right? Oh, and Rudy, of course. Hmm. I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I mean, I hope he stays healthy. But fans, if you're asking me if I think fans are bitter, <laughs> of course. Well, Gordon did did everybody around here dirty. He really did. And it didn't have yeah, to be he, that way. It was just stupid. You know, there's honestly, and, and I was reading up on, uh, on Giannis and what he might do uh, when he can leave uh, Milwaukee and uh, the 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 
big rumor in the bubble right now is his top two teams are either Toronto or Miami if uh, if he's going to leave Milwaukee. And, and that, of course, is a big storyline. But um, you could never – here's what I think Gordon Hayward didn't understand. You can never leave a market – like reject an NBA team. You can't do that and be popular on the way out. Now, maybe you can do that and handle it the right way, whether the storm and the fan base will be indifferent about you in the future. But you can't be a player of relevance, reject the team, and leave on a good note. It's just not possible. Well, now, the way he did it was, yes. was completely unprofessional, and yeah. he thought he could have his cake and eat it too. But you yeah. just can't. You yes. just can't. I, I think you're right on both counts. Uh, but you can make it a little more tolerable. And the way he did it was most objectionable. So that's, that, that's the way that goes. You know, how important is it for the Bucks to do well? And does, will Giannis leave if they don't? I, I think he might leave anyway. Really? Either way? If they were to win a championship, do you think he would leave? Who would ever yeah. do that? Oh, wait. Wait, just about everybody. Why? <laughs> LeBron, mm. twice. <laughs> it just doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't. I, I, it, it really doesn't. In fact, winning the title might make him more likely to leave because then he Wait. can do what LeBron did in Cleveland and just say, oh, my work here is done. You're welcome, city of Milwaukee. Now I'm taking my talents to South Beach. For the kids. Is that what his two choices are, Toronto or Miami? That's, I just read up on some rumors. I mean, I, mean, this, uh, I, I probably shouldn't even talk about it on the air. It's so unsubstantiated. Well, but those are terrific I, I, cities, but they're completely different one from another. That's kind of so the, the reason he would pick Miami is obvious. Uh, they're, they're a good team with upcoming play, up-and-coming players, good franchise, great weather, Pat Riley. I mean, we've heard that's, uh, that sales pitch before, right? Pat Riley. Uh, but with Toronto, uh, I guess Ujiri – is really close with Giannis and um, tried to trade up for Giannis. Um, when he, well, he liked Giannis when he was with Denver, and he had uh, conversations, Ujiri uh, did, with Giannis's camp. But then he left to take the Toronto job, and Toronto didn't have a first-round pick in that draft, and he was in, unable to do it. I heard a rumor uh, today that, that Ujiri was actually instrumental in moving Giannis's family to Greece from and I believe I, I'll double check this. I believe his family's from Nigeria, um, but even knew him way back then. So there's kind of a relationship, I guess, there with the Ujiri and and Giannis, well, and then Miami's Miami. So yeah, that's sort of interesting then, because if you start talking about personal relationships making a difference, then it's no longer the glamour or the uh, you know the, the 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 bright lights or the beaches. You know, if it, if it comes down to relationships, I guess maybe you could say that that's what drew Gordon Hayward to Boston. Cause yeah, he wanted, I was going to say. I mean, yeah, it worked uh, It worked in that case. But uh, the problem is that uh, people keep raiding the Jazz, taking uh, people within their organization that the players have grown, grown close to. So, I mean, that's what the Knicks uh, tried to do with Johnny Bryant. And Johnny Bryant's over there hugging – Donovan Mitchell after uh, after get, the Jazz got eliminated, so those two are extremely close. Of course, that didn't really matter to uh, to Gordon Hayward. So uh, there's a bunch of things that are colliding when it comes to making decisions like that. But rest assured, Jazz fans, Donovan Mitchell is is going to be around for quite some time. Don't worry yep. about it. Minimum of four years, unless the Jazz de- decide to trade him. So. And uh, we, of course, have already we've talked about it and seen the reports that uh, as soon as they're able to, a deal is likely to be done. Who All right, you, tra- uh, well, you, think, you think the Jazz would trade uh, Donovan Mitchell? I'm not saying that you suggested that, but I wonder. It's a very short list of the guys they would be willing to leave him for, uh, and that would be you know a 23 year old talent. Hmm. Oh well, you, you're thinking about it the wrong way. I mean, the reason I said that, I guess, was is is that. He's Donovan's not in control. But if you're looking uh, why the Jazz would trade him, it, it's the Paul George scenario where a year before he's a free agent, Donovan says, I'm not signing back here. Mm-hmm. And so the Jazz yeah. move him, which yeah. is what Gordon Hayward should have done in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Well right. said. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got everything going on. 
Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to say a big thanks to the Utah Jazz Team Store. They've got their new location here at Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street. Uh, and, uh, Gordon, it's great. Uh, I love this Smith's location already, by the way. Uh, come to it often. And uh, the uh, the Team Store is a great addition. This could be awesome. A lot, as you know, Gordon, a lot of Jazz fans in this area, and now they'll have a easy stop to gear up. Oh, no doubt. And that, that is a terrific st- you can get almost anything at that store, can you? <laughs> yeah, it's a big store. And now you can get jazz gear. Good for them. Yeah, just about uh, just about everything. I, this is one of the hardware stores that I usually make many uh, returns to here at this uh, Smiths because I can never seem to uh, get it right. Uh, but, uh, Gordon, uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have uh, more NBA basketball to talk about. Uh, love you know, I love how many games and uh, these playoff series, I think, are incredibly interesting. Maybe it's because we've been starved for uh, sports or we were starved for sports for so long. But you know what? I'm going to be glued into Nuggets Clippers game one, even though I think the Clippers hammer them. Um, and, and it's about to get started in a couple of minutes. I, I'm going to be dialed in. I think it's going to be a fun series. I agree. And I hope that I know we have a lot of listeners who are jazz fans and they're basketball fans, kind of, but they're mostly jazz fans. I would just encourage people to give it a try, give it a listen, give it a, I mean, watch it, see see what you like. I mean, because it is kind of cool. Some of these games have been absolutely fantastic. So if you're a sports fan at all, dive into it a little bit, even though the Jazz are out now. All right, Gordon. Well, I say we do an incriminating audio bet for tonight's game. I've got the Clippers. You've got the Nuggets. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate Wait, give me some points. Oh, no, I, uh, you'd be confident in your pick, man. No, 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 I didn't make the pick. You made the pick. <laughs> it sounded like you made it to me. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, here we go. But you ne- confidence. But, but you never alter what I'm saying at all, right? That's no, exactly never. what I said. Yeah. We, we, give me some points. Come on, Jake, give me some points. I'll give you a half a point. No, forget it. I'm doing that. <laughs> no faith in your nuggets? No. Uh, Did we ever okay. find out where chicken nuggets come from, by the way? I, 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 we left that up in the air yesterday. It's all gizzards and beaks, buddy. <laughs> I have never bitten into a beak in my nugget-eating career. Uh, that you know of, man. That that beak was ground up and liquefied long ago. <laughs> liquefied. Oh, yeah. When I bite into a chicken nugget, I'm telling you right now, that thing just oozes. Oh, no, I'm I'm dead serious. That's how they make them, Gordon. They make them liquid into this paste, and then they put it into a mold. But you've had chicken tenders before that were filled with uh, with breast meat, right? I've had chicken tenders before, yeah. Yeah. And are, is that ground up beaks? And- no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about your nugget, your fast food nugget. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a paste of gizzards and beaks. The, the, uh, Spilled into a, uh, a mold and fried. Paste is such an ugly word, isn't it? <laughs> in this in this discussion, it's like isn't. coagulated, right? Yeah. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.